Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, X, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, onto the show. Hello. Now, this is an Australian drive-in. When an Australian movie like plays here, it looks exactly like this. Empty and deserted. And man, everybody knows, you cannot get a chick into a car like this in the back seat during an Aussie film. Because man, they lack the proper ingredients for films. <laughs> Where's the sex? <laughs> and when did they ban big boobs on the big screen? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. How about something good like this? Chick, chick, chick. But one good thing about the Aussie movies is the lack of drug use. Come on, man, they bongs in the church. There's little kids watching these movies. You don't want to see disgusting drug use. Call the cops, mate. What I would like to see is an Australian film that gets chicks hornetized, yes. Good looking chicks that look like this. One. And two. And three. Ask her like if she wants a root. I'm appealing to the filmmakers of Australia. Get off them big fat asses of yours and make a decent movie for your average working class guy. <laughs> guys like him, guys like him, and guys like me. <laughs> we want a good movie! <laughs> It's big. Ah! You guys are big shit. It's fat. Ah! It's cheesy. Call that pizza me. Call that pizza me. Call that pizza. How good is this? I think I've come. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 563. Celebrating its 20th anniversary with special screenings on Friday, November 3rd at the Chevelle Cinema, Sydney, and Saturday, November 4th at the Astor Theatre in Melbourne is Fat Pizza, the film adaptation of the popular pizza comedy series that follows the misadventures of a Western Sydney pizza shop delivery driver. A gut-busting, energetic, and gloriously politically incorrect shot in the arm of a self-serious Australian cinema landscape, that pizza still entertains as a big and cheesy comedy of little comparison. And joining me now to talk about the 20th anniversary of Fat Pizza is the film star and director, Mr. Paul Fennick. Paul, I thank you so very much for joining me today. No worries, man. Thanks for that very complimentary introduction, you know? <laughs> well, not at all. You know, I was saying to you off air just before, I was in my early 20s when pizza first started. I used to watch it all the time on the SBS. And I was trying to think back 20 years at what Australia was like. And at that time, it was a bit dour. We had the, the war on terror was full on. We had the big debate about illegal immigration. These are things that you know pizza, the, the series and the movies never shied away talking about. And what I loved about watching pizza at that time, and I think a lot of people in my generation, 
it was really an outlet for us to really watch your comedies, watch your 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 writing and your, your shows, and just laugh, just like during really really bleak times. When you look back those twenty years a lot, those long ago, those twenty years, especially when the movie came out, was it always an objective for you to really just make something that people can not only laugh along with, but also laugh at, just laugh at what's going on in the world, what's going on in Australia, because I think satire is a really big thing of your with your comedy. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I like to be a sort of reactive comedian just generally. Uh, when I do live comedy, I don't really do many jokes. I just work with the crowd and react. And I think it's the same with the way I write <clears throat> all the series and all the movies. It's, uh, you know, whatever's out there that we're all thinking about, I try and put it sort of into the shows. And, you know, I'm always constantly looking at news and pop culture and seeing what's going on and what people are talking about and thinking about where things might go, you know. The crazy thing is I write stuff that I think is like going to be a fantasy version of some reality stuff, and then it comes true, <laughs> you know. Like, says they used to call me like a Chakradamus, you know, because uh, you'd write something in the show, and then you know, six months later, it became real. You know, I mean, in in Fat Pizza, for example, we did a whole thing about kind of Arab terrorism before nine eleven, you know, and there was one episode uh, where Bobo blows up the tax office because he didn't like the tax bill, and. Um, it, it went to air the same day that somebody sent anthrax to the tax office, you know what I mean? So just a weird coincidence, but there have been so many like that, you know. What so. I find really interesting about the um, the Fat Pizza movie is that the TV show, one of the things that I loved about it is that it had really had electric, an electricity to it, a really energy. It's in the editing. It's in the camera angles. Um, David Rudd, who you've worked with forever, so he's, he's the editor of a lot of your stuff. He, yeah, but the he, editing he, that he, you're the only person that's ever given him a nod. So good on you, man. We have been working together and we're still working together. Yeah, he's been doing all your stuff like up to this day. And he did the movie as well. Um, and that energy and stuff, it's one thing where you do it in a 20-minute show, right? But when you have a 90-minute feature, how do you and David go about making sure that you can have that energy and electricity kind of sustain itself through a feature film um, and make sure that there isn't any type of um, lags in it? Because what I found, having recently watched um, Fat Pizza again, is that the energy and electricity is consistent throughout the whole film. There's no lagging to it. I think that's a real kind of a special thing to, to pull off there. Oh, I just felt like uh, this, I guess the writing style for pizza was always, you know, you didn't have too much of a storyline, just a lot of funny events, you know, and the characters were kind of where the comedy was. So I think the movie sort of lent itself to that and we just made it loosely about Bobo's wedding and all the other crazy stuff that sort of happened around the shop and, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the, we just I just like fast stuff too. Probably I have a I get bored with a lot of dialogue, so I like to get to action more quickly than dialogue. And even today when I cut things, uh, like I've just done a new series uh, for Seven Mate called Daradong Local Council TV show, not movies, but um, but because it's about politicians and we do the bludging workers and the politicians being corrupt, but the politicians uh, have to talk. That's where all their comedy is and. I struggle in the edit. I'm like, come on, I just they're talking too much. We've got to get to some visual humor here, you know. So I just I, maybe I get bored in the edit. I just like things to be quick, and I, I don't like um, I don't know. I, I, I've tried a, tradi a traditional three act sort of movie when I made a thing called Dumb Criminals, and I, I love the movie. It had a lot of great comedy in it, but I preferred the other writing style where it was more like just lots of funny stuff with a loose kind of connection, you know. I don't know. I think people like people just want to laugh in a comedy. They don't care about the story, really. You know, you don't your favorite comedies of all time. You go, wow, it was the best story I ever saw. You know, like it's just you just remember those five funny things that made you laugh so much. You know, um, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but 
when you laugh at something or you find something humorous, it, it, it triggers the same chemical reaction in your brain as love. So you're actually mm. experiencing the love chemical when you are laughing at something. So you do get really deep into people when you make them laugh, you know. What I also love about Fat Pizza is the physical comedy. I'm a big fan of slapstick. I'm a big fan of like even, especially the classic kind of um, uh, comedians, Laurel and Hardy, Three Stooges, those kind of guys. I even love like Looney Tunes cartoons. I think they're still the best thing going around, you know. Um, you, just named, what, you, just named all the, you just named all the influences to my editing style because I grew up with them too. And, uh, you know, I think Three Stooges particularly have been a big influence for me. I love that. Three working class guys struggling against every bloody thing, and then the physical comedy. You know, they're actually they're dated now, obviously, but they were there was a lot of social commentary in those uh, shorts that they made about the working culture in America, about you know people getting ripped off and struggling and poor, and um, you know you see all this, the other stuff. But uh, yeah, now Laurel Hardy too. You know, all, all the things you mentioned, Looney Tunes particularly. I think um, that's influence definitely the way we use music in, in all of my shows because or most of them because of the way Looney Tunes every little physical thing had a piece of music to it you know every big reaction every sort of post reaction they had a wah wah if somebody you know did you know sort of come off second best or if somebody wins is like dun, da, 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 you know they they really accentuate all the emotions with music so yeah you, you hit, we had the same uh, influences obviously and what I love about your physical comedy is, and something I always wanted to ask you, do you have a background in boxing in whatsoever? Because sometimes when I see some of the punches that you do, some of the choreography that you do, there seems to be kind of like really kind of traditional kind of boxing um, uh, kind of dynamics today. Is that something that you've had in your background? Yeah, I was. A, I was a, um, when I was in high school, I did uh, a lot of gymnastics, which helps me for the stunts. And I did boxing. I boxed for a while and had, had a fair few fights. Um, and plus, I was a bit of I, there was a lot of street fighting back then too. So um, martial arts, all that I trained it all. So over the years, um, but you have to, I mean, look, you know, I do all my own stunts, so and I still keep myself fit. So you know, you got to kind of I don't know. It's a short answer to your question. Is yes, I, I box for a while, so um, you know, I do know how to throw it from the shoulder and slip and yeah. move and all that. You know? That's right, because I do I do a bit of it myself, and I always notice that when I watch it, like I notice the kind of the angles that you kind of bring to it in a way that you place your hands and everything. Sometimes you can see the little differences between like a novice and like a, someone who's actually done it before. And I can very much tell in in your um, physical comedy where, where it comes from. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. T Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, T-Public is sure to have something you love. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Something I also want to talk about is that when I think about fat pizza and the stuff that you do, in my opinion, what you're doing is you're uplifting the 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 tradition of the great Australian larrikin all the way back to the times of like Barry McKenzie and Barry what Barry um, Barry uh, David Cocker was doing like in that in that series and um and I know a lot of these people who appeared in those kind of like 70s um uh, movies and such have appeared in some of your movies and some of your shows as well um when you look back on like the tradition of the great Aussie larrikin do you think that's still around these days do you think that political correctness do you think that like i hate to use the fucking word but wokeness uh kind of like has almost kind of destroyed that 
<laughs> or do you think that maybe um you know that can still that still is around but it's found in other avenues no absolutely man i i kind of feel like i i, look, I didn't even know what the word larrikin meant i looked it up and i felt like it summed me up completely <laughs> so uh yeah and no, i definitely and um like uh the, i mean it was really interesting too because we obviously made pizza and people go ethnic comedian and uh even though i just saw myself as reflecting what was going on in australia and all the different kind of cultures subcultures you know faces looks the old the young the disabled you know like we i like to include everybody in my stuff not not for the sake of it because i think lots of different people's i don't know physicality and just the variation of aussies uh makes for good comedy you know but now it's diversity you know so you gotta you actually have to people in just for the sake of it i actually find it pretty offensive to be honest because you see a lot of you know pieces of media where what the hell is that person doing there for i mean it makes no sense you know like um, I, I think you know I love movies that are cast and made with the characters have a good intention that they, they make sense, you know. But when you see things that don't make sense, it doesn't doesn't cut through, you know. But uh, as far yeah, as far as Alaric goes, I probably am one of the last ones. I mean, I think Rodney Rude probably at least with like I do live stand up and I've sort of I think I've sort of taken up where Rodney's left off. I don't know if he's retired or slightly retired, but um, I definitely like doing the sort of venues that he does. Um, and it was weird after Houses because before Houses I was the ethnic comedian, and then um, after Houses, just because I was playing the same sort of character but wearing thongs and shorts, I suddenly became an Aussie comedian. I don't know what happened, but uh, mm. the uh, that part of the world, the the bogans of Australia, the Houses really embraced me, gave me a lot of love. So somehow I transitioned from wog wog comedian to just general Australian comedian, even though I'm clearly very ethnic. <laughs> I just wanted to ask as well, like when I was looking into like your background, the way that you came up in the industry, you, you were do, doing stuff at ABC, started from the bottom, worked your way up, some producing, some directing, then over you went to SBS and you're doing your own stuff in between there. And now here you are now, you're like, you're very much, Paul Fennick is very much an institution in, in Australia in regards to its um, uh, movies and its, its like a TV series as well. But it's interesting in the last 10 years how kind of like the way people kind of like get their word out through traditional means. The traditional media isn't there anymore. Now it's YouTube. Now it's Facebook. It's Superwog. It's Sushi Mango. They're doing it through that way. In that context, do you think that there is still a place, especially in cinema for the Aussie comedy? Because I don't remember the last time there was an actual Australian comedy kind of like that was equal to like the humour and to like the subject matter that you tackle. Because a lot of times the stuff that I see that tackles that stuff is on YouTube, it's like 10-minute shorts. It's on Facebook. It's like one-minute kind of clips. I'm really curious about what you think is the uh, the future of uh, that type of comedy in a cinema landscape. Look, it's it's very difficult because, uh, you know, I think we're, we're, we're hitting a period where it's either the really big stuff is kind of happening or it's little stuff on the internet, you know. And um, I think one of the bummers, I mean, Sushi Mango sort of diversifying, which is good, but I think the bummer for YouTube people is they don't, because they don't come out of formal media, it's very difficult for them to translate their stuff into formal media like movies or whatever, you know, because they, they're only working in that sort of, you know, joke-to-camera kind of environment, you know. Like, mm. uh, whereas I was lucky enough to do a million, direct a million things before I sort of got to, you know, make comedy stuff. I was documentaries, ads, music videos. So I sort of, I mean, you always learn as a director, but I was pretty, I don't know, at least I had something to kind of, uh, I don't know, some skills to, to help the media work. Whereas those guys, it's just they've just got this, a lot of it's just a sort of straight camera and some basic jokes, you know. Um, 
Yeah, difficult for me. Like I, I, I didn't. Re- I should have jumped into the social media thing a bit more. I've always been a little bit in it, but I didn't really see it was going to be as big as it has become. I thought traditional media would always, and the traditional marketing and all that would stay, but it's all changed. And I missed the boat a little bit. I didn't get into YouTube and all that. Anyway, I, I'm too old to change my ways. I try a little bit, but uh, um, it's it's weird because I know a lot of content creators who are popular but they fall into this trap where people want this stuff so much. They pump out so much material in such a short space of time. They burn out after all because two or three years of just putting things up every day is kind of the equivalent of my career over 20 years. You know what I mean? The mm. amount of views and hits they're getting is just being condensed. So um, I don't know. It, it's, it's it's interesting and you just do your best to try and sort of go with the times, I guess. I don't know. Um, it's I wish I, I mean, so, all the AI stuff interests me now. Um, all that deep fake stuff and all that. I mean, there's part of me that just wants to go to China and, and make like all my favorite movie sequels without the consent of the actors. Like, I'll make Terminator 7 and I'll make, uh, <laughs> you know, the First Blood 2, not 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 Rambo 2, but First Blood 2 or, you know, mm. the Godfather 3, the way I wanted to do it. You know, just, yeah. we'll just do it all AI and pay the Chinese in the green screen and we'll just, you know, clone all the rest of it and I'll hide in China and make some money and all the fans will be happy, but the stars won't be. I'm just joking. It does uh, interest me, though. The ethnic kind of maybe the, the, the maverick businessman ethnic factor just thinking, oh, you know, make some bucks under the table in China. Not going to do that. Don't worry. That sounds like a good idea for another another series, you know, like a strain interpreter goes over to Asia to cr- try to create AI content um, using copyright material. That sounds like a great show. I'd, li- I'd rather do it in real life, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back 20 years, I know that you've had so- done so many things since the di- times of pizza and fat pizza, you know, you had Housos and Dumb Criminals, and now you've got this new show coming out on Channel 7. But when you look back, back in 2003, at the time of fat pizza, what type of memories come back uh, for you, Paul Fennick? What type of uh, feelings do you have looking back in that material today? Um, look, it's, uh, how would I say it? It's uh bittersweet you know I was, I was a bit more naive back then and you know I'd, I'd been a sort of director for a long time and I had a kind of young family and then that whole explosion of uh you know what do you want to call it fame or success it, it, it took a while to kind of work it out I, I mean I've always been sort of like a more of a worker than a kind of a performer so um all the I don't know all the things that go with fame take a while to get used to and you know you you got to make sure that you don't become a first-class wanker like many do. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Memories back then, it was exciting, I suppose. Very, very exciting. It was a real dream to have my own movie up there. I mean, I've been uh, – I was a little boy and I always loved cinema and I always wanted to be in the movies, but I didn't think growing up in Australia not looking like, uh, you know, Craig McLaughlin that I'd get a chance, you know. So it was, it was pretty bizarre to see a head like this in the cinema. That was – it's given me some of my most proud moments in my career. So uh, – and you know, dreams that were just dreams actually came true. And how magic's that? You know, like uh, can't take any of that away. It's just fantastic. I remember probably one of my favourite things was watching Fat Pizza the movie at the drive-in because I spent my whole teens at the drive-in. Uh, it was my uh, favourite. Ba- ba- Bass Hill, right? Yeah, Bass Hill. That's the one, man. And uh, yeah. they actually played it uh, just as part of you know the general release, and I sort of snuck in and watched it, and yeah, it was great. You know, uh, so. I don't know. It's been, I'll tell you what, man, I've been so lucky. I've got to live all my dreams because probably because of fat pizza. So, 
whoever in the universe let me have it, thank you very much, you know. So for everyone out there listening, Friday, November 3rd at the Chevelle Cinema Sydney, Saturday, November 4th at the Astor Theatre in Melbourne. Special 20th anniversary screenings of, Pat, of Fat Pizza. Uh, Paul Fennecke will be there as well for um, um, Q&As afterwards. And I really recommend people check out this movie again. I watched it again a couple of days ago. It's just as good as I remembered it all the way back in the day. Um, and to have it back on the big screen again and share it with the audience to talk about, I'm sure it's going to be a thrill for you. There's going to be a whole bunch of the other original, uh, you know, performers from um, Fat Pizza there. I won't, I won't spoil a surprise if you turn up, and they'll probably want to say hello too. So, um, yeah, no, it's trippy, man. Twenty years later, people still care about it. You know, it's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Thank, thank you to the people who watch and, and gave me this career. You know, legends, um, and unlike many others, I certainly do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So. To all those chocos out there and bogans and whoever the rest of you, whatever you're labelled, thank you.